the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. It's almost Christmas. And I'm so excited. I love this time of year, not just for the presents or the lights or the music, and I do love all of that, but for the coming of the Savior's birth. Truly, I am just so grateful and in awe of God's love. Praise be to God. Amen. Last week, we talked with a Christian warrior about his walk, and my hope with that show was to highlight how similar we all are, how we all struggle, and how we can stand together with resolve as Christian warriors. One of the things I said in that show is that nobody has a lock on faith. It is a daily effort to work out our salvation. I thought of it as an inside-out conversation where uh, Ryan Reed shared a vulnerable place as he talked about his faith. And that inside-out conversation, a warrior sharing his innermost thoughts and perspectives, I hoped would uh, ring with all of us. Today, we have planned an outside-in conversation, slightly different. Our guest is the pastor of a large church, and I want him to share his perspective as he looks at his flock, because there's nobody better to provide us insight and for us to take away understanding from that insight as part of the opportunity that we have to uh, share struggles and also the joy of the season and our faith. Uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but to be a pastor and to share spiritual responsibility for others is noble and I imagine extremely demanding. I even know of a pastor who ministers to other pastors uh, so demanding is that responsibility. Nonetheless, I thought it would be incredibly insightful to talk about his perspective on the Christmas season, 
the struggles which come with it, and also his hopes for his congregation in the new year. Having been a speaker and spoken at many engagements, as you stand up there and you look at the audience, you often pick up one or two different faces, mm-hmm. and uh, your heart goes out to them. Our guest today is a Marine infantry officer who was called into ministry many years ago, and he's been on the show with us before. Pastor Jeff Neal is the pastor of the Logos Community Church in Harlingen, Texas. And he's a longtime friend, and it's an honor to have him with us today. Pastor Jeff, welcome. Man, really glad to be with uh, you, Rich, and Christy today. It's been a while, but I've been looking forward to it again. Thank you, sir. I have trouble saying Logos. Do you say Logos or Logos? How do you pronounce so, it? Exactly? So it, it is, yeah, it's the word for the word in Greek, and I, I think the correct pronunciation is Logos. logos. What happened is early in the in the formation of the church, everybody referred to it as Logos, and so it just kind of stuck. But, but it, you know, if you want to be correct, you could say Logos, but... Logos whatever. Community Church in Harlingen, Texas. And we're honored to have you with us on the show. And as always, I'm joined by and so thankful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow. Hello, everyone. And I'm glad to know the pronunciation of that as well, because I always kind of stumble over it, too, thinking I'm going to say it wrong. Plus, background in like marketing, I want to say Logos, because <laughs> like, yeah. it's spelled L-O-G-O-S. Right. Yeah, so. we've, we've had people show up and, and ask us if we'll print their shirts and say, no, it's not Logos. Uh, you know, but we'll, uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Logos. The Logos Community Church. The Logos Community It's owned by Amazon. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, hello, Pastor Jeff. So glad that you're back. Yeah, good to, good to be with you. Pastor Jeff, would you please pray for us? Sure. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we, we do. We love this season where we get to think of the incarnation of your Son and all that that means. Father, we pray that we celebrate well and that we, we proclaim uh, that message well as just a, if, as if it's the first time we heard it. So be with us today as we we speak of things that are important to you and that mean so much to us. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Uh, Pastor Jeff, I was running around uh, doing errands uh, maybe yesterday. The traffic was crazy. Uh, it took me a while to get out of this parking lot. It was a jumble. People seemed kind of annoyed, and it stuck with me. And I thought, wow, that's strange. This season should be everything but. And I thought about the Grinch movie mm-hmm. where the little girl is busy thinking about how it uh, Christmas in Grinchland, Whoville, I think it was, Whoville, yes. was not what it was supposed to be. <laughs> so I genuinely, it's been on my heart to have this conversation with you for a while now to imagine uh, us uh, seeing through your eyes as you look at your congregation and as you think about the season. And uh, so I would just ask you, uh, what's on your mind in this season? Well, it's interesting. What you experienced, Rich, I think we, we all can relate to that. And, and and if we're not careful, I think we can get into a kind of a thought process of, man, let me just get through it. Let me get the, the gifts bought. Let me have the family in, in for the holiday uh, let me go to the parties, but like we're already thinking kind of past it if we're not careful. Uh, so we do have to kind of come back and think correctly. And, you know, you asked some good questions. What what are the things that I'm the, 
the, the rocks that I'm trying to help my people avoid, right? Um, and I really thought there's three things that we could maybe talk about this morning. And, and I did not, you know, in, in traditional Baptist sense, I don't have um, three things that start with the same letter or, or, <laughs> or a full acronym, right? But, but here's, some, here's three things that I want myself and my people to be thinking about to avoid, perhaps. One is commercialism. Of course, we can dive into that. Um, the second would be the failure to see pain in others during the holidays. Mm. Uh, we can certainly spend some time there. And then the third is maybe a little more obscure, but it's what I would call a, a lack of sobriety. And, and, um, what I mean, there's not, not getting drunk at the office Christmas party, which of course we should not do that. But, but what I mean is a sobriety about, a misunderstanding perhaps of the real meaning of Christmas and the difference between Christmas and Advent and how uh, they're both right, but there's a, there's a distinction. Um, uh, So those are kind of three thoughts that I had um, that I want to help my people work through during the holiday season. Uh, That is fantastic, and I'd like to just step through those with you in order and ask you a couple questions about them. Is your concern about commercialism as obvious as it sounds? That is the—that's the low-hanging fruit one, right? Consumerism. You already kind of uh, went there with, like, the the rush for for gifts. Um, It's super easy. I mean, and we do need to talk about it every year, right, even though it's— it's the low-hanging fruit, and it's the one we all know about. That trap is is real easy to fall into. Yeah, uh, I would like to not fall into that trap. Um, but it's well, funny you do think yeah, about and Christmas, I, and you think about okay, I got to get gifts. Yeah, and I think that we, you know, I hear this often. Um, hey, we've got to remind everyone Jesus is the reason for the season, and we've got to make sure that the, the checkout clerk says Merry Christmas and not um, not Happy Holidays. And and I, I think it's kind of comical that we're so worried that, that non-believers would remember the reason, and we really ought to look in the mirror first and make sure that we as the church don't forget the reason for the season. I think that's the danger. Wow. I love that. Uh, all the good that we can do starts with us, and I love the scripture that said, every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the hearts. And so mm-hmm. it's important for us to start with the right heart. And I was watching a sermon on sadness in uh, the Christian perspective, and this Orthodox priest, Father Josiah Trenum, has a website called Patristic Nectar, and I love to sit there and watch uh, his teachings because uh, he really has a beautiful way. And in talking about Christian sadness, he was talking about how uh, the first step is renunciation, the second step is um, detachment. And sometimes we have the sadness when we're not appropriately detached from the things of the world. And uh, the way I feel like this uh, relates to what you're saying is we've got one foot in the season as it pertains to the birth of a Savior who will be the atonement for all mankind. And then we've got another foot in the world as purchasers of things. Yeah. yeah. And, and then 
it's very easy with one foot in each place to either get stretched out and or completely forget about what we're talking about. Is that kind of where you're coming from? Yeah, and, and so I don't think that we we need to be killjoys and not go to the Christmas parties and not exchange gifts. Some, some I think, land there. That's not where I land. I mean, I, I'm preaching through in the church. We just finished last Sunday the book of John, and so a couple of weeks ago we were in John 17, and there's all this language where Jesus is talking about um, th- these people that the Father has brought him out of the world and, and that they they are not to be of the world, but he will send them into the world. So that is the tension, right, that that we live in this world. We've been spiritually brought out of it. That's not where our, our deepest affections lie, and yet that's where we operate. We That's where we, we work, we shop, we, we are in the world. And so Billy Graham had this great quote, and I think it, it could pertain to Christmas. He said that um, the problem is never the the, the, the boat is in the water. The problem is when water gets in the boat. And so I think that could be a healthy quote for Christmas that, man, we do celebrate. We enjoy the parties, but we clearly remember that that we have a different hope uh, for the season. Amen. Friends, I hope you're hearing the heart of a pastor for his flock and his concerns, and we're going to talk more with Pastor Jeff Neal when we return. Stay with us. I was young Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are speaking with a friend of the show, Pastor Jeff Neal, former Marine officer, infantry officer, who pastors a large church called uh, the Lagos. <laughs> Once you focus in on that, Perfect. Then, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Lagos Community Church in Harlingen, Texas. We said too many options, it confuses you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, when it was on my heart to have a conversation with a pastor, about the feelings he has as he looks at his flock, and especially during this season. I remember one time I was preaching at a church, and I stood up there, and for what seemed like maybe a disproportionate amount of time, I was looking at this one family. And it was a beautiful family uh, sitting two or three rows from the 
front, and they were arranged from the father and the mother and the oldest and uh, this beautiful little descending line of, of sweet people. And I became fixated on them. And as I looked at them, I thought about what it took for that family of maybe five or six kids to get out the door in the morning. <laughs> yes. And uh, as I stood up there, I felt so honored that uh, they would go through all of that effort and get all of that stuff sorted out to come and worship God, and that uh, we would worship together and uh, have a conversation together. And so it was in that thinking that I wanted to have a conversation with the pastor about what he thinks as he stands up there and looks at his flock. And when I had the desire to do that, the first person I thought about was Pastor Jeff, because he has uh, such a heart for uh, his people, very realistic. He comes at it as a warrior, and, and I just wanted so much for him to join us for this conversation, and he's graciously done so. And in the first segment, he said that three things really came to mind uh, when he thought about the season and his feelings and concerns for his congregation. Number one was commercialism. Number two was a failure to see pain in others. And number three was a lack of sobriety as we... Uh, had a sober concept of the season. And so um, we talked a little bit about commercialism, and I think a lot of people maybe understand how we can get lost in the gifts and the uh, things like that. But the second uh, one, failure to see the pain in others, I think is so important. So, Pastor Jeff, would you please give us some more insight into that? Sure. I think it, this is true at all times, but maybe it's more pronounced in the holidays, that there are many in the body uh, of Christ, singles, I think of widows, I think of those who have lost parents or children. Um, our, our church, we've said before, is across the, uh, a park where the homeless hang out, so it could include the homeless, um, that in all the frivolities and parties, and um, celebrations, I think, can sometimes get lost. We don't mean to do this, but churches, we have a, uh, we have a reputation of kind of uh, painting the, the nuclear family as the epitome and as the, and so singles, uh, most of our events are, quote, family events. And so just, just pausing to think of the, the members of the body who, holidays are actually a pretty tough time, man. It, it brings back thoughts of loneliness. Um, you know, they may not have five or ten people that they're celebrating with. Um, they might be thinking of a, a Christmas day spent alone um, or a day spent thinking of the, the loss of a loved one. So just being aware and, and then acting um, out of that awareness for those in the body. Well, that, uh, that rings very true with me. Um, this is gonna, this is gonna crack you up, and it's, it's an outside uh, look. When I was a little kid, we had just moved uh, from South Africa to the United States, and um, this story will actually probably crack you up. How silly it is, but so I'm a little Jewish boy. It was before I had received Jesus, and we moved to Gainesville, Florida, and we lived on this house in a cul-de-sac. And um, our house was at the end of the cul-de-sac, and there was this one 
room where I could stand on my brother's bed and look out the window. And you were at eye level with the cul-de-sac. And we didn't really celebrate Hanukkah in my family, so you didn't get presents. Mm. And I remember standing on this bed looking out the window at the kids in the cul-de-sac playing with all their new, t- new stuff, bicycles, footballs, uh, whatever it was. I think I actually cried. Uh, I felt so sorry for myself. And um, in that little recollection, you think about the different perspectives and how there are a lot of people who are looking through this window at Christians in family, in church. Um, And so what you're saying really resonates, and this is a unique time where people are financially strained, and uh, it's been a hard year, and there have been losses from COVID and other illnesses over the last number of years, and we might just be getting our arms around it. So I really understand that. Is there something you would say to the the church, Pastor Jeff? Yeah, so I think this is where the body of Christ can really be the body, and and we think that um, well, if we're going to think of these people, let's just invite them to the things at the church building. But I imagine maybe as a young Jewish boy, your family might not have taken that invitation. And so it, it's really more about getting the church out into the community, um, bringing people into what you're already doing. Again, that, that single that might not come to the church event, but might join your family as you sip eggnog and play a, a family game around the holidays. It's really... This is real the really the heart of hospitality is inviting people into what you're already doing um and and, and really having eyes outward one of the coolest things our family did a couple of years ago wasn't a lot of money I think we took like a hundred dollars and and got quarters and um we went to some uh, a local laundromat and just gave out some gift cards and also just Paid for, you know, hey, here's here's a dollar and quarters. Can will that help you dry your next load? And just stunned on the the faces of people that said, "We well, yeah, have what, what does that cost?" And like, oh, nothing. This is free. But um, so it really comes, I think, first with seeing people, and then inviting them into kind of what you're doing. Seeing people. Yeah, I was just thinking the word that came to me was awareness, but even better is seeing people. And I think seeing people. Um, not, I think, Pastor Jeff, what I'm hearing, not only outside the church, but inside the church. And I can speak to now before being married, I was single for 14 years, I think. And, and it's, it's really hard to see that, you know, you're kind of don't fit in. And, and even when you're invited into those uh, family groups, like you're talking about, Pastor Jeff, you, you just still don't feel um, like, like you fit in. And so I think awareness followed by uh, an intention to understand what they're going through. Sounds like it would be, that would be. Yeah. Without judgment. I was deployed for so many uh, Christmases and Thanksgivings, uh, that feeling of I'm missing out on things and, and uh, feeling like, uh, whoa, me was easy to have. And the way we dealt with that while deployed was we created little families of our own and uh, your Marines become your family, and you do what you can. And so if you think about the opportunity we have here of what you've said, just including people 
and creating family and creating extended family. Yeah, we ultimately did that through our small group who's still connected. And uh, even what, even though we're not at the same church and we've all gone kind of our different ways, we're still connected. So yeah. that was that was a really nice yeah. takeaway from that. Reach Christy, out. What you shared, has, I've heard from so many Christians that um, we, we almost have this kind of un, unwritten thing that we that we're saying in in church is that you know you, you can be here and you can be single but you're not really part of the group until you get married and get a family and that just has to hurt the heart of God and um, marriage is awesome but that 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 the you don't need to be married to be an, a great Christian yeah and I think um, while this is a completely different show but that touches to people uh, who are going through divorce or um, yeah. or recently divorced, you just kind of feel like an outcast. And, and so that's the work I do. And so I have a heart for those people. You know, they're the firsts after you've gone through a divorce. And especially if you're, uh, maybe your children are with the, your ex-spouse and it just can be a really lonely time, um, and painful time. A lot of these little places that are unique. One of the pillars of Islam is hospitality. And so I was, uh, driving home from the airport the other day on the freeway, and friends, I was astounded at how people drive, <laughs> how fast, how aggressively cutting in and out of traffic, endangering others on their phones, uh, tailgating. And I was probably tired because I just flew all night from Tokyo or something. And the thought that I had was, imagine if Christians, 70% of the United States, just decided that we were going to drive better. I would vote for that. And we yeah. drove closer to the speed limit, and we weren't so aggressive, and we were more accommodating. And this is another one of those crazy, you know, Richard, uh, the way my brain works is, imagine if we did the same with what you're saying with Christmas, where we, if it's 70% of us, of all varieties, then what if we just reach out? Whatever reaching out looks like in your little area, whether it's giving quarters to a laundromat, uh, people at a laundromat, or whatever it is, we're reaching out. And then when asked why we're reaching out, to glorify Jesus, to honor God, and to say that Uh, His sacrifice has wrought a change in us, and that change will change the world. And that's really what's happening here. There you go. Awesome. Friends, stay with us. We're talking with Pastor Jeff Neal, former Marine uh, and pastor of the Lagos Community Church in Harlingen, Texas. We'll be back after this break. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit 
freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. And I always like to remind you of the musician who's allowed us to use his music, Dave Bray, USA, and just love his voice and the heart that he brings to some old standards and also some of his uh, original recordings, Dave Bray, USA. And you can get his music on Apple Music or DaveBrayUSA.com. We are having a conversation with a pastor, a friend of the show, Pastor Jeff Neal. Pastor is a large church. And the question we have put before him is what he thinks about as he looks at his flock. And three things came to mind. He said, as we are careful not to just think about getting through the season, we must think about three things. Commercialism. Uh, It's not about uh, consumerism. He said we must focus on uh, the pain that people have and reach out to people as we strengthen the community of Christ uh, by by reaching out a hand wherever that is. And then he mentioned something that uh, was interesting about sobriety, and uh, he said it's not about drinking or not drinking. It's about having a sober perspective of the season. And I'd like to ask you more about that, Pastor Jeff. So, sobriety. Yeah, so we, um, again, I said at the top that we we— should not be the killjoys. We should celebrate. We should have the best Christmas parties. Um, but there is a, a little misunderstanding about the difference between Christmas and and the season of Advent. And and the idea is that Christmas is this moment when we finally we, we culminate in the, the coming of the Christ Child. But all before that, the season of Advent traditionally has been a, a season of waiting. It's a season of, of darkness. Um, there, there's a sobriety. I mean, if you think about the nation of Israel, God was silent over 400 years from, from the last prophet until the coming of, 
of the Christ child. And one of my favorite songs, you know, Christmas carols has this line, long lay the world in sin and error pining. There is this great sense of, of, of darkness and waiting that I think if we rush to the presence and the joy that is true and we need to celebrate, we, we miss, I guess, the gravity of, of what life without Christ is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, actually, in the last sentence, um, I began to feel it, I think, what you're talking about. So as a Jew, I have a different perspective on Christ than I think Christians, because for me growing up, he was not a historical fact. But for Christians today, Christ is a historical fact. And if you put yourself in the shoes of people for whom Christ was not a historical fact, then uh, I think you start to get a better handle on the uh, the waiting. So in awe of Jesus, you uh, what brought me to the feeling I think you're trying to convey is, imagine what life would be like without Christ. Mm. And so... Our righteousness is what we can do on a daily basis, but we all fall down on a daily basis. And now I had a really bad day, and I said some things I didn't mean, and I look at righteousness by my own doing as my entry ticket to heaven, and I'm sitting there going, oh, this is horrible. I've thrown it all away. I've made a mistake. I I can't do this. It's all lost. I'm a failure. Because there's no Jesus. Right, there's no redemption. Yeah, uh, I, 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 had, I don't think I can fully get my heart around how that would feel, how dark that would feel. If I ask myself how I felt before I accepted Jesus, I, uh, I, I think you were just, you know, trying to do good things on a daily basis. But uh, I think there was a lot of guilt and a lot of uh, I, I failed. I would think a lot of um, feeling of lost, being lost, confusion, conflict. That's what I think about before I accepted Christ. Yeah, like a compass yeah. without a needle. You're just staring at the face of it, wondering what it's all about. Yeah, I, I've said this from the pulpit before, that I, I, in, there is a sense in which I think Christ does not want us to, to go back and think about our lives. And we, we certainly, like, He has paid for our sin. We don't need to be ashamed about our sin in that sense. But I do think it's healthy, and maybe even more so at, at, at the, in the season of Advent, to go back and, as you're saying, Rich, think about life before Christ. Um and and with a sobriety in it, it makes the celebration that much richer. Um, to ponder again, not to be in shame, but to think of just to have these moments where your heart almost stops, like, "Wow, I, I was, as the Bible says, dead in my trespasses. I needed that the incarnation of the Son of God." I, I love. I read this quote this morning about Advent. It says, "Advent is a call to wait." and a call to a quiet revolution where the king slips behind enemy lines and swaddling clothes. We're, we're, we're waiting in the sense of darkness and, and hopelessness and um, the wilderness, you know, when, when light breaks through. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, and I think, too, I've been reading an Advent book, um, 
and trying to focus my mind in that uh, on Advent as well uh, in this season in addition to my devotional. And I think it does kind of sober you up. But I think the other thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor Jeff, that it also kind of mirrors the the return of Jesus. So we're we're thinking about his birth and what life would be like without him and then the, the, the gravity of that, but then also um, what the real meaning of the season is. But then at the same time, we're thinking about the coming back of Jesus as well. Yeah, we, we are these strange, like, between times, between Advent people, right? We So we can celebrate the first Advent, and we should, and have the best parties and the most fun, and, 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 and yet we know, like, Christ comes and he announces the beginning of his kingdom. He says, you know, repent, the kingdom is at hand. In other words, the kingdom is standing right in front of you, and yet we know the kingdom is not exactly how it will be. So we are these kind of in-between people, and how do we make it? We make it because we are, as you said, Christy, we're we're greatly anticipating the second advent. Mm. It is as assured as the first. Yeah, uh, I've been reading Isaiah. Um, I love Isaiah, especially if you start at chapter 52 and you go on, because in chapter 53, that's where you read... Uh, many of the direct prophecies of uh, the coming Messiah in Jesus. And just reading about uh, God's upset, his frustration. And I do I do think a lot about the duality of Christianity, uh, the fact that we're spiritual beings who live in the flesh, the fact that we're on this battlefield caught between good and evil. Um and that we have to minister to the world, but we can't be in the world, or of the world, rather. We're in the world, but we can't be of the world. And so you've kind of highlighted another one where in we receive the Messiah, we know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and now we're in between yet again waiting for him to come. And so how are we going to do this waiting how will we glorify him in this waiting? How will we get as many people as possible together as we prepare for his second coming? Uh, kind of an amazing uh, opportunity and also uh, a difficult place. And as a, as a preacher, Rich, when you, you say that, I, see, I, I, I start thinking of a sermon series, and you know, I, I think a sermon series titled How to Wait Well. Mm. Mm. How to wait well? Because we are we we are still in a sense a a waiting people, and and um, you know someone explained Bible prophecy to me this way one time that it's kind of like looking at a far off mountain range. And so many of the prophets, you know, they talk about all these things that will happen when Christ comes, and we're thinking, well, they, but they don't they haven't happened fully. But but for the many of the Old Testament writers, it was as if they were looking at a mountain range. Well, you, you see one mountain off in the distance. As you approach that mountain, you find out that there's a couple of mountains behind it. And so they often wrote of the coming of Jesus as if it was almost one coming. Um, we know now that there was the, a first and a, and a second coming, but all of all of those promises are wrapped up in the one coming. Um, 
I was driving to Vegas with some friends once, and we saw Las Vegas from a long way off. And one of the guys in the car said, yeah, it's like the Rockies. It looks close, but it's actually quite far. And we kept driving and kept driving. And so I'm hearing what you're saying as something similar, where since it's so far and since it's uh, in the distance, perpetually in the distance, you get to the place where it's like, hey, I got nothing better to do. I may as well just focus on the drive. I may as well just focus on being right here where I am. And what's the good that I can do right here where I am? And as Christians, we know that is telling as many people as possible about Jesus. But if you're telling telling them about Jesus and you yourself are not who you're supposed to be, then you just generate some more hypocrisy for them. And now the last person they want to know is Jesus because they met you. And so now you're to this place where I, in my waiting, have to be a person who glorifies him so that as I meet others, they will be excited to get to know this guy that I keep telling everybody about. We shine his light. We shine his light. Friends, stay with us. We'll be back for the fourth segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with Pastor Jeff Neal, a Marine Corps friend of mine. Uh, We went to college together, and he pastors a large church in Harlingen, Texas. And I asked him about what it is that's on his heart as he looks at his congregation in this amazing time of year. Uh, And he shared some things with us. Uh, He said that it's uh, easy to get lost in the commercialism if we're not careful, and it's easy to just think, hey, i got to get through it. And visitors uh, cooking meals, and sometimes it's about that. And he said that in in those thoughts, 
uh, sometimes we don't see the pain in others. And um, then we sometimes lack sobriety as we look at the actual content of the season uh, that we are blessed that Jesus came and atoned for us, that God manifested himself on this earth to show us what a good walk looks like, how we're not just compassionate and loving, but also resolved. And I think it's that resolve that's so critical when we understand the next part of it, which is that we are waiting for his return. Yeah. And in that waiting, how will we now conduct ourselves to honor the opportunity that he has given us? So, Pastor Jeff, uh, some final observations, some final thoughts that you would have for our listening audience in this season. Sure. I, I love a minute ago, Christy said that the thought that came to her of all these things was just being mindful. And I think that's, that's spot on, being mindful of the reason for the season, being mindful of others and kind of what they might be walking through, and then being mindful of the gravity of the incarnation and, and looking forward to the, the second advent. We are these these people living between two advents. And so Paul tells Titus in, in the second chapter, verse 13, that of all, as we are, are, are um, putting away ungodliness and worldly passions and living self-controlled, upright lives, he says, we are waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The, the very instruction Paul gave Titus is, is super instruction for us uh, during the Christmas season. We are celebrating the first advent, and we are waiting uh, earnestly for the, the second advent. I think that's how we are to live and, and approach the holidays. Um. Probably going to laugh at me, but this is what popped into my head as you were speaking. Do you remember that feeling as a Marine and as a Marine officer responsible for others when you are told you're going to deploy? And I'm thinking about uh, June 2010. I get orders to Camp Pendleton to lead a border team in Afghanistan. I've just come back from 13 months in Iraq, and we're leaving in October. And I'm standing there looking at these men who I'm going to be responsible for taking to war in four months' time and then uh, bringing home. That... Uh, perspective, that sense of purpose, as you were speaking about this in-between time, I was thinking about that. Because as a Marine, it's not that you feel joy that you're going to war, but you do feel purposeful. Yeah, that's the word that came to mind. You're doing that for which you are trained. And as a Marine officer, that responsibility is an honor. And so as Christians, we are honored. We are blessed. We have Jesus, and we are restored. And sometimes people fail in their thinking because they stop there. And then the church becomes about uh, what the church can do for them. But a lot has already been done for you. 
And so now your thoughts should be on what can I do for others? And so I think about this coming deployment where we've got to get training in. I've got to make sure these guys are ready. Uh, we're, we're facing a determined enemy. Um, does, is that ludicrous? Is that a weird thing to go to? No, it sounds like your um, your mind's more on the doing of the 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 action versus the to go back to the word Pastor Jeff said, and I was thinking mindfulness the and the, the purpose, the overall purpose of what you're going to do. You're kind of like caught up in the doing of the thing. I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. For me, what the sense is is everything just got very real. It just got very mm. purposeful. Mm. I know why I'm here as a Marine officer. I know what I'm going to be doing. I know how important it is. Uh, it's not just going from one inspection to the next. I'm not just do- We're going to war. And so how that relates to this conversation, uh, Pastor Jeff, in my mind, what you've helped me uh, clarify is, okay, this is December. Everything is very real as we look forward to the joy of uh, celebrating the birth of our Savior, we should also be really serious about what's going on here. Does uh, uh, Pastor Jeff, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I was thinking, you know, again, maybe it's a Marine thing for us going off on <laughs> tangents. My, my, my mind was thinking, Rich, you know how much— um, and what a big deal we make about our our birthday celebrations, right? Right. And we're yeah. celebrating yeah. all these things in the past, and we should. And yet, th- there are new battles of, ahead of us. And and the, yes, those things in the past shape us, and we celebrate them. Um, but we also are looking forward. And you're right; we are Christians. If any any people are, we are people of purpose. We don't have to ask why we're here. We know why we are here, to to go tell it on the mountain, to proclaim the King has come, and He is going to come again. He came as a lamb the first time. He is coming as a lion the second. Uh, we, we have so much work to do. We have so much to proclaim, so much goodwill to share. Wow. That is an amazing thing, and it's a big thing. Because to be the people who uh, we need to be for others, we have to get our own hearts right. We have to be right. We have to understand the context of things. We have to deal with the dualities of the flesh and the spirit and walk it all out in such a way that people look at us and they say, hey, what's up with those people? And then we can look to them and say, you too can have this purpose and this joy. Pastor Jeff, final thoughts. Yeah, man, let's just be those uh those those people those in between people, man, that are are loving and living with great security based on the first advent of Jesus. And and we can look so expectantly and so confidently towards his his second coming. He says, I will come back for you. I I have gone ahead to prepare a place for you. We, we are then the people of peace and the people of purpose and the great joy. Amen. We live like that. Amen. Uh, friends, before we get to our moment of truth, I just want to ask Pastor Jeff, how do our listeners uh, find you and 
be able to uh, listen and watch some of your sermons, Pastor Jeff? LogosCommunityChurch.com is, is the website, and then you can—it's on Vimeo or YouTube or, or Facebook, but that's the easiest way, LogosCommunityChurch.com. Awesome. And friends, our moment of truth, as you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at scriptures which inform our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And today our moment of truth comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, and I hope you just let it rest on your heart. It says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I can't think of a scripture which uh, says more to me than that about the amazing opportunity we have. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. I'm sorry, Pastor Jeff, what'd you say? No, I just said amen. What, uh, uh, a people of purpose. A people of purpose. First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Friends, we are loved by the creator of the universe. God's love blesses us, it imparts obligations, and it exposes us to the attentions of the devil and some difficulties, but it's all worth it as we honor him for whom we exist. And Pastor Jeff shared some wonderful insights in his perspective as a shepherd. Think about that, a shepherd, just guiding his flock. He said, we have to be careful to think that we're just going to get through it. And three things must have our attention. It's not about stuff. And we mustn't fail to see the pain of this season for others to see those on the outside looking in. And we must invite them in. And he spoke about the difference between Christmas and Advent that as Christians, we do live in an interesting place. And we're awaiting people. And so the question is, how should we wait? Because we are people with purpose. And I do love that one uh, quote that you shared with us, that uh, talking about the difficulty of living in the world, but not being of the world, when you said the problem is not the boat in the water, but water in the boat. So, friends, I hope you'll reflect on this conversation in the coming days. I hope it'll give you some insight into some of the challenges and opportunities we have as Christian warriors. God gave his Son for us. We are his chosen people, his special possession, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Who we are matters. So, over the next few weeks and in the coming year, let us resolve to declare his praises to the struggling world, First with our actions, and second with our words, and that's courageous Christianity. Pastor Jeff, thanks so much for being with us. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com, or on your favorite podcast app. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. Happy holidays, God bless, and Semper Fi. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.